G'day, and welcome to episode 104 of the Pack Heavy Podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson, and today, and back for the second time, I have Mitch Jacobson, who is the CEO and co-founder of Riveda Energy Tea, joining us. Now, Mitch was previously on episode 44, where we covered the startup story of Ravita, and I definitely encourage you all to head back and listen to that conversation as Mitch really digs right into the startup story of the business and all of the market research and product testing that the team conducted to ultimately land on the range of flavors that they've launched with and are now manufacturing in-house. Now, Ravita was launched in 2018, and its HQ and manufacturing plant is located in Calgary, where Mitch and co-founding partners Robert and Carly are really pushing the boundaries of the energy drink market with their innovatively packaged energy teas. With five SKUs in the marketplace, Ravita Energy Tea is a ready-to-drink beverage consisting of a delicious blend of tea-based caffeine, golden organic honey, fruit juice, and vitamins, all designed to give the consumer clean energy without the crash. Now, before we kick off into today's conversation, like I say every week, and if you're new to the podcast, thanks for taking the time to listen in. My name is Hayden Thompson, and as well as chatting with business owners and operators like Mitch about their business, I work for a packaging company located in BC, Canada called Food Pack, where we help food paste CVG companies and processors with their packaging and food packaging equipment. Now at Foodpack, we specialize in three specific areas. The first one being stock bags, which you could think of as a turnkey solution to getting to market. Custom printed bags and films, which is my favorite part of the business and what I definitely do best, and our packaging equipment like Sipramac vacuum chamber machines, Plexpack band sealers, and repack tray sealers and thermoformers. So if you're looking to get into the market for the first time by getting into a stock bag or would like me to assess your existing packaging program, head on down into the show notes and click on the Foodpack website and there you'll be able to dig into what we really do best and uh, what we can offer you with a little bit more detail. And then if that ticks all of the boxes, you can get in touch with me directly by emailing me at hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com or even better, pick up the phone and give me a call on 604-360-6790 and we can take it from there. Okay, let's get on with the show. Episode 104 with Mitch Jacobson. Um, awesome. Should we kick off into it? Let's kick it off. All right, Mitch, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Hayden. It's truly an honor to be back. Oh, mate, it's good to have you back. Um, we were just having a quick chat before we went live, and I was just saying that you are the uh, 104th episode of the podcast, which is the two-year mark of the podcast. So thank you for coming on again. That's an incredible achievement, Aiden. 104 episodes. I've uh, done a podcast in the past. I made it to episode 50 and then pretty much shut her down. So I Dude. admire your tenacity. Uh, thanks, mate. I uh, I enjoy it. I get a lot out of it, honestly. Like it's so invigorating and, um, you know, I, I get so energized just from having conversations with owners and operators just like you. Um, and, you know, the this thing about the challenges and the wins and the losses that you've had. And yeah, I personally get a lot out of it. And I know through the feedback that I've got on the podcast that a lot of people do too. So something's working. It's a great podcast. Yeah, it's really informative. You've had some incredible guests on here. Yeah, I've been lucky. You really, really need to see some of the people you've you've been able to get on the show. Dude, I do. I'd love to. Well, actually, it's going to be a focus in the new year, but I'm going to get video up and running. Um, I obviously record over Zoom. So at the end of each uh, recording, it spins up uh, two files. One's an audio file and one's a video file, as you're aware. And I haven't been doing anything with the video, but I know I'm completely underutilizing um, the opportunity that's um, available there. So that's what I'll be focusing on. And I'll be putting together some like really cool packages over the you know the new year as well. And because there are so many common themes that have cropped up you know, over the last two years with this podcast. And I'd like to sort of like, yeah, get some packages out there and, and get some stuff up on YouTube. I think it'll be really, really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. This would be a great show for YouTube. Yeah. Cheers. Now, mate, 
tell us about the latest that's been going on at Revita. I've been keeping up to date with all of your, um, you know, the progress that you've been making um, on LinkedIn because you're just so um, prevalent with all of the posts that you put up there. There's a couple of posts a week at least, and, you know, they're so informative um, in your own right. There's so much information in there. And I've actually gone to your page and I've gone to your posts and I'm just going to scroll through them today. And I was just hoping we could talk to a lot of that because, mate, you're so open and honest and transparent and grateful. That's one thing I noticed with all of these posts. There's so much gratitude in the way that you go about business and the way that you put information out there. It's, I love it. So, mate, what's the latest? What's going on over there? Yeah, thank you. I, well, I really appreciate that. LinkedIn's been uh, a newfound passion of mine, so it's been really fun to share the the story on there. Cool. I think when we talked last, Aiden, I was still using a third party manufacturer. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yep. So since then, we've made a major change. So we do all of our manufacturing in house. So over the course of the last year and a half, mm-hmm. almost two years, I guess, we've brought uh, we built an entire production line here in Calgary, Alberta. It's the first production line of its kind yep. in Canada. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life by yeah. far. There are so many things that went wrong, went over budget, went over time. But it's up and running now. We're so proud to be producing our own product here out of Canada. Yeah. Really neat that we have equipment that's never been on Canadian soil before. We actually just got a new filling machine delivered last week. That is the first one of its kind in Canada. And I think it's one of about a half dozen in North America. So it's been uh it's been a wild ride. And I just feel really blessed to have the opportunity to kind of lead the way with beverage pouch manufacturing here in, in Canada. Yeah, dude. Did you have any sort of project management experience to sort of like bring all of these moving parts together? Or is that something you had to learn along the way as well? Yeah, mostly learn along the way. I mean, this was where my engineering background. So I'm that's an engineer right. You're an engineer. Trade. I yeah. forgot that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. worked in oil and gas. So, mm-hmm. and I, I managed some very big projects when mm-hmm. I was in oil and gas. So a little bit of that carried over. Finally, I was actually able Good. to use some of my engineering background, yep. you know, over on the beverage side. So definitely had a little bit of a background, but I made quite a few mistakes and definitely learned a lot of hard lessons, but it yep. all came together in the end. Yeah. So before we sort of get into so the ins and outs of like getting the production facility built and all of the challenges that you had to overcome, you know, over the last couple of years, where are you at right now? Like you're in full swing, like where you're actually at in production at the moment. Yeah. So we're, we're doing all our own production. So we've, Mm -hmm. we're not using any third-party manufacturers currently. We probably will hopefully in the future here, but everything's in-house. So awesome. we run anywhere from three to seven days per week on the production line. Yeah. We have, uh, we started with kind of a lab scale, smaller semi-automatic filling machine mm-hmm. that was supposed to just tide us over for a couple of months till we got our bigger filling machine, the fully automatic one, but it ended up being delayed f- for almost a year. Oh yeah. Don't doubt it. Yeah. Nightmare, <laughs> the war in Ukraine and everything. Cause a yeah. lot of this stuff comes from Europe. Yeah. So just last week, actually, we got the fully automatic machine, which is going to completely change our business once we get that thing installed and hooked up and ready to go. That's awesome. So in terms of like where you are in terms of output right now and your optimal capacity or max capacity, where are you sitting at the moment? Yeah. So with that new filling machine, we're probably only at maybe 20% capacity. So we have a ton of room to Dude, grow. That's awesome. Yeah. That must be a really nice feeling. Really nice feeling. We've, you know, really in, in the three years we've been in business, Aiden, we've never had a situation where we were able to build inventory. Like yep. we've always had more demand than we've had supply for the most part. Yep. So this will be the first time ever where we're going to have more supply and we're going to be able to shift our focus back to sales and yeah. hopefully really grow this thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Are there any bottlenecks at the moment? So how does it sort of work out in terms of like, 
I'm sure there's like raw ingredients and brewing. And then there's sort of like most likely a holding facility where you hold the brewed tea and then there's the filling component and then you've got like built pallets that you're sort of stocking. So like, are there any bottlenecks or you've sort of managed to iron them all out? Yeah, we definitely, we had some major bottlenecks in the mm. summer. So we recently got listed in Walmart, which was just oh, yeah. absolutely Congratulations. Incredible. I saw that post. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, <laughs> yeah. and right around the same time, some of the tea that we were sourcing, we had some major hiccups getting it. We were actually, our production line was shut down for a couple of weeks there, right. which is like catastrophic to us. Yeah. You know, just a one week shutdown can, you know, really hurt. Yeah. Our yeah. So, but we've since then we've invested in some more inventory. It seems yeah. like supply chain. I don't know if you're seeing it on your end, but it's things seem to be improving a yeah, little bit. It's improving and cost is starting to creep down as well, which it's is really nice. Yeah. 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 I think we're through the worst of it from what I've seen. I'd like to think so too. I mean, you never know what might crop up in the future because there's so much uncertainty out there at the moment. But yeah, for all intents and purposes, as far as we're concerned, things seem to be balancing out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think uh we're headed in the right direction now, which is great to see. That's awesome, mate. Um, so leading up to Christmas, I'm sure you guys have like, um, you know, got all of your power levels nice and full and you guys are stocking all of your retailers. What's your approach to sort of the the Christmas and New Year madness? And I guess you've just come through um, Black Friday as well and, and all of that mayhem. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in the beverage industry, it's a little bit backwards to a lot of other industries it's the christmas season tends to be our slowest time of the year right it's cold out right people are consuming generally less beverages all the big you know big major beverage players will say the same thing that that christmas season is always tough and you lose a lot of shelf space in stores to things like turkey and stuffing and gravy but this year we're not seeing as much as of a dip as we've seen in previous years because we've invested in some bigger displays with the mm-hmm. stores. We've really been investing in our relationships with the stores. So we're not losing as much shelf space as we did in the past to say the turkeys and the stuffing and that type of thing. Yeah. So our, our, you know, our approach really come the Christmas season is, is one, we want to give back. So we want to make sure that we're supporting our local communities. We're going to, you know, do some things like giving back product to hospitals and that type of thing. Mm. But two, you know, it's a, it's a great time for us because it was a little bit slower to reflect, prepare for the next year. Mm-hmm. And then you don't just come out of the gate really hot in January. Cause that's typically a great month for us. People are getting back on that fitness grind, right. And our product fits mm-hmm. really well into that type of lifestyle. Yeah. So we're really excited to see what's going to happen in 2023. That's cool, man. Um, your most recent post that you actually put up about 19 minutes ago. let's start there man because that was a really cool sort of post just sort of um i guess the the thing that i liked about this post is that you were sort of sharing some success that you had with your strategy for black friday in that you've learned from past experiences that when you're slashing the price of your product you're essentially just eroding your margin to a point where the business could potentially become unsustainable because there's just not enough there's not enough left at the end of the day. So I really like the approach that you took this year in that if people spend a minimum amount, then you'd give them a free gift, which you've got a lot of control over. So where did you sort of like pull that from and sort of how did you bring that all together? Yeah, great question. So I think a lot of it is just learning the hard way. So Mm -hmm. when I got into business, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs make this mistake. You want to give everybody a deal, right? Mm -hmm. You you want to give back. It feels kind of hook everyone up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It almost felt awkward for me selling something because, you know, I've never, I don't have a background in sales. Mm -hmm. I was in like, you know, a technical career, right? So sales was very new to me. And so I had this tendency to always discount, you know, give product away when I probably shouldn't have been doing that. And that's great. You want to serve people, but 
it doesn't help anybody if you go out of business because you don't have enough margin yeah. to just pay your bills and pay your employees now. And so now that we have you know staff here, we have people that rely on Robita to put food on the table for their kids. I have to be very responsible mm. with our gross margins. And so one of the initiatives that we've done recently is we're a premium brand. We put you know, really premium ingredients in our product. And we also go above and beyond with our manufacturing. Like the quality control that we have here is far above, you know, I would say 99% of a beverage manufacturing yeah. facility. So that commands a premium price point. And it's not because we're trying to be greedy and make more money. That's just the margin that we need literally to keep the lights on mm -hmm. in this place. And so in past years on Black Friday, we would do a buy one, get one or a deep discount. And it was great. We made all of these sales, but we noticed two things. One, we didn't have enough margin. It wasn't sustainable. But two, people end up stocking up on your product. Mm -hmm. And then what happens come December, come January, your sales take a big dive, right? Because all your main customers just bought 10 cases yeah. on sale, right? Now they're not buying them in the stores. They're not buying them from your website. So we would see this big dip in our business. And so I also didn't like training customers to buy our premium product mm -hmm. at a discount, right? Mm -hmm. We need a certain margin to survive, to keep the business going. And that's a win-win for everybody. So this year we took a different approach where instead of running a discount, if someone spent so much on the website, we gave them a free gift. So we're still yeah. giving a lot of value, but now we keep our margin. The customer still gets, you know, an extra bonus. So just it's, we're winning, the customer's winning, and it was just a great success. Mm -hmm. It's a similar thing. It reminds me back when I was managing a cafe in Melbourne, we were a really busy restaurant, 110 seat restaurants, and we were a roastery cafe as well. And, uh, you know, you'd often have friends or family come in. And my boss was always of the opinion, he's like, listen, you know, people don't come in wanting or expecting a discount. Like that's not what they're there for. They're there to enjoy a meal and support your business. And his approach was always like, I prefer it if you actually like gave them a free dessert because we know what our cost is on a dessert, right? Rather yeah. than actually like taking a cut or like taking a discount off the final bill, you know, it's like, let's give them something that they're not expecting, right? Like let's give them a free dessert or let's give them a free bottle of wine. Right. And he's always like, I prefer to give somebody something, you know, we know what the cost on that is and it's fixed. Like we can control that. And then at least you're not taking 10% off the whole bill. You know what I mean? So it's like, and people don't want a discount. They, they want to give, or they want something like they would be grateful for something. And so I was thinking about that approach and it's very similar to yours. You know, I completely, that is so mm. brilliantly said, Hayden. I, mm. And I agree completely. And even as a customer myself, I feel way more valued when a brand gives me something additional yeah. and it just gives me the generic 15% off. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. it just, to me makes it, it makes the product seem cheaper. That's my mm -hmm. perception, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you can, you can afford to give me a 15% discount. So yeah. that's how I'm going to perceive your brand. Whereas like you said, yeah, you get an extra piece of cake or you get a little mm -hmm. extra something. It makes you feel appreciated. And it so does. that's yeah. a big shift that we're going to do with our business going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, you mentioned that, you know, that's something that you just learned over time. Like it's like experience of like, you know, making mistakes. It's like, there's no other way to go about it. Like you're raising children, like me with my kids at home, you got to let them make mistakes. Otherwise they're never going to learn. And I guess business is exactly the same. Like there are some mistakes that you just don't want to make, like fundamental mistakes that you want to, you know, work around. And then there are some that you've just got to make. And you did say in a post not that long ago that there's no magic shortcuts. Like you have to do the work. So when you think about that, like, what's the, like, you know, you're coming in, you're grinding it out each day. You're a leader within your organization. You know, you're, you're got employees now. There's a huge responsibility. 
what are some of the traps that you've fallen into and, you know, what are some of the mistakes that you've made that have been probably the most valuable lessons that you've learned that you could pass on? Yeah, that's a really deep and, and great question, Hayden. So some of the biggest mistakes I've made, I'm going to start with one, you know, big personal mistake that really affected the team is when I got into entrepreneurship, I thought, go, go, go all the time, you know, sacrifice my time in the gym, mm -hmm. sacrifice my sleep. Don't worry about my diet because everything needs to be poured into the business. Right. Yeah. I got to work, you know, 14, 15 hours a day and it's okay if I don't go to the gym, it's okay if I don't look after myself. And that was a big mistake. And that came to a head for me actually this year, like not too Did long it? ago yeah. where I'd gained a bunch of weight. I was waking up extremely reactive instead of proactive. So I was yeah. getting in the office already in a stressed out mindset because things weren't going great. And I wasn't showing up as the best version of me for my team, even though I was here, you know, working my ass off, I wasn't at my top form, my top shape. So one thing that I've done recently, which has completely changed my life is it's not that I'm working less hard. I'm still putting, I'm, I would actually say I'm putting in more hours, but I'm prioritizing my health. So it like, a morning workout for me now is like brushing my teeth. Like I don't start my day without getting in the gym and it's not, I don't work out for what I get. It's what I get rid of. I get rid of those negative emotions. Uh -huh. I get rid of that anxiety so that when I show up to the office, I'm here to be the best version of myself to serve my team. Uh -huh. So I think that that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned in entrepreneurship so far is sacrificing your help health is at the expense of the business is actually hurting your business. Like it's going mm. to hurt you in the long run. So I would say that's definitely the, the biggest mistake and the biggest lesson I've learned recently. What woke you up to that? Was there like an incident or was there somebody that tapped on your shoulder and said, Mitch, mate, what's going on here? Like you're putting too many hours in here and you're not looking after your health or was it something like a, an awakening moment that you had? Yeah, we got back actually from a <laughs> uh, uh, trade show in Toronto. Mm -hmm. yep. And yeah, CHFA. I got back mm. from CHFA in Toronto and, the, you know, we'd just come off our biggest month ever. And I remember waking up one morning and just feeling, I guess you would call it depression. Like, that's kind of what I felt like looking in the mirror and I'm like, like what I'm doing right now is not working. Like the yeah. business is going in a good direction, but I know it could be better. And I know I could be better. And I was just in this constant roller coaster of emotions. We'd have a good month. I'd be on top of the world. And then, you know, we hit some really big adversity in September with some massive issues at the production line and I would just spiral downward. And so I was constantly in the state of just like manic highs and super depressive lows. Mm. And it was really affecting my mental health and it was affecting my ability to show up as my best self for everyone here. And mm -hmm. when you have employees, like now I have employees with kids, that's a really big mm -hmm. responsibility. And so I just woke up one day and I was like, enough is enough. Like I have to make a change. And I remember listening to uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Real AF by Andy Frisella. And he had a guest on there talking about how he wakes up at 2.45 in the morning mm -hmm. to get his workout in and how that's mm -hmm. changed his life. And I was like, yeah. wow, that's yeah. unbelievable. Because I've been making these excuses. Like I have to be at the office at 6 a.m. typically to start the production line. So mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no way I could work out in the morning. Well, mm -hmm. that's- You can. A, I can, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's well, a self-limiting belief. Yeah. yeah, a lot of days I get up at 3.30 so I can get that workout in. Yeah. Like I stop making excuses yeah. and it's completely changed my life. That one decision to just prioritize mm -hmm. my health. Mm -hmm. And it's as simple as just spending an hour in the morning on myself. Yeah. I would say completely changed our business and completely altered you know, my life and how I feel personally.
That's so cool to hear, man. Like I'm inspired by Jocko. Like he's in the gym at yes. 4.30, seven days a week, you know, and uh, and I'm in the gym three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm up at 4.30 and I'm in the gym for five myself because that's legitimately the only time I can get a workout time. in with the kids. Yes. Yeah. And so it's so important, you know, that resistance that you put in front of yourself to push against is so important, you know, because if you can make that resistance, whether it's in the sauna or, you know, on the bike or lifting weights harder than your day is going to be like you walk away from that pushing through that resistance early and the rest of the day is just gravy. It just makes it feel so much easier. Doesn't it? Oh, it's, it's so true. Yeah. And yeah. I've had examples of that, right. Where yeah. I, I wake up, the last thing I want to do is work out, but I push it's hard myself. to get out of bed at that it's time. It's hard. Day. Yeah. Oh my God. And then I get to the office and, and something really bad happens by 8am. Mm -hmm. Like this happened recently. We had a massive issue with production and like normally I would have, I might as well have just went home. Like that yeah. would have just checked me out for the day, <laughs> but you can be like, Hey, like, you know what? I got, I purged all that anxiety. I purged yeah. all that negativity this morning. Yeah. I did something hard. I'm just going to work the problem. I'm going to deal with this. Mm -hmm. I know things are going to get better. Mm -hmm. And he turned around and ended up having a, a very productive day when I otherwise would not have, if I hadn't have been doing that morning routine. That's cool, man. One thing that I've picked up on your posts is, like I said earlier on, there's an extreme amount of like gratitude in your posts. Like, I feel as if you've got a, like, you've got faith in your life. Like, I feel as if like there may be faith is like an important part of who you are in your life. Like, are you a spiritual guy? Like, yeah, absolutely. Faith is, do, is the yeah? cornerstone. Do you go really. to church or? I don't go to, don't I go used to church go to church. Yeah. 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 I was raised Catholic. I would, yeah. I would call myself Christian now. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I don't go to a physical church, but faith yeah. is, is the cornerstone of my life. There's yeah. No cool. I picked up on that, man. That's important. I don't go to church either. And I wasn't raised going to church, but like more recently in my life, I've like found that having faith in something like a, a greater spirit or like higher being is like really important in my life. I've witnessed it. I've felt it. I've had some psychedelic journeys that have like put me in a state of mind where I, I know what I know. And there's like, once you experience it, there's no getting around it anymore. And I've picked up on your posts and like that level of gratefulness that you have, not only in your business, but the people that you interact with. And I feel like that's an extremely like, that's a cornerstone of who you are. And, and Carly as well. I pick it up on her posts too. It, it's the way that you approach business. Um, like, I love the way that you go about that. It rubs off on everybody around you. And I'm yes. sure that like your employees would feel that. And, you know, the people that you interact with daily, um, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a super important topic. Yeah. I think, you know, what I'll add to that yeah, is please, something, help me out. <laughs> faith has always been a cornerstone yeah. of my life. So I'm, yeah, I'm a cool. Christian, but I think yep. regardless of what you believe in, yep. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. I've done a lot of reading and research recently into infinite intelligence, the law yes, of attraction. Yes. This is where fitness. I'm heading. Yes. Yeah. And, and when you start, it's amazing. We're not taught about this because it's so powerful, mm -hmm. but when you really mm -hmm. start reading some of these books, like quantum success, mm -hmm. you know, some of these law of attraction books, quantum physics, yeah, it's really hard to deny that there is not some higher power or some form of, you know, connectedness between all of us. Yeah. Right. And even your mood, you give out this is going to sound maybe woo woo, but it gives out a frequency, right? It's a vibration. Certain, yeah. Yeah. There's a vibration. It's there's real. certain people that walk yeah. into a room and you're like, wow, that is someone I want to talk to. Right. Mm -hmm. That is someone that's, you know, elevated themselves. And then there's people that walk into a room and there's a dark cloud. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we subconsciously pick up on these frequencies mm -hmm. that people put out. Mm -hmm. And so something that I've really started to try and develop recently is 
always keeping a high frequency. Mm. I wake up in the morning and, and I never used to be like this, but entrepreneurship, I got to say, has really beat me down. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I wake up a lot of days and just get punched in the face all day. You're just constantly dealing with problems. Things are going wrong. You know, we're three years in the business. We're not quite profitable yet. Like that's going to wear on you mentally, even though yeah. a lot of things are moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And so I found the times when, you know, we're stagnating, things aren't going well, is when I get into that negative mental rut. I have mm. a poor frequency, right? I'm not putting out... I'm not signaling to the universe that I want growth, that I want positive things. Like I'm stuck in this negative rut. Yeah. And so part of that morning workout and that morning routine and part of how we try to interact with everyone is putting out that, you know, that positive frequency, right? We want to be known as, you know, kind of a light, a beacon of hope. Mm -hmm. That's what our brand, we want that mm -hmm. to stand for. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, to speak to what you said, that starts with yourself, right? That yeah, starts with how you deal with people. Cause uh, you know, I believe in the powers of, you know, they call it karma or karmic debt or karmic energy or whatever. Mm. If you put negativity out in the world, if you're treating people poorly, whether it's your customers or a supplier, or you're sending any sort of negativity towards them, mm -hmm. I really truly do believe. And I have so many experiences yep. validate this, that that comes back to you and vice versa is true. When you're constantly good to people, when you constantly treat people the way that you want to be treated, mm -hmm. whether it's your suppliers, whether it's your customers and you handle yourself with a sense of integrity mm -hmm. that comes back to you. It, it really, truly does. You can still go through hard times, but that positivity is going to find you. And, you know, I've just seen like Walmart is a perfect example of that, right? We went through a really difficult period of time with manufacturing, but we just, we, we kept our optimism. We mm -hmm. kept trying to be good to people mm -hmm. and out of the blue, like on a day where we, like we needed a sign so bad mm. that we were pretty much praying for a sign that it was going to be okay. I get a call. Hey, Walmart just accepted you. You know, like we've had so many experiences like that. So, I, you know, I think to speak to your point, faith is such an integral part of, I think, building a successful business, but more importantly mm. than that, just building a successful and fulfilled life. Yeah, mate. Well said. Thank you for thank you for coming to the rescue on that one, mate. Because I couldn't find the words. Because <clears throat> it is a really important topic, and um, you know, it's something that I feel in my life. Like you know, I do feel that frequency, and I do feel that energy that you know other people put out, and that I put out into the world, and I do feel it reciprocated. Like I definitely know that it's real, and so it was just really cool for you to sort of like wrap the words around exactly what I was trying to say before. So thank you very much. But it's cool to actually witness you put it into practice. And like I said, like it resonates in all of the um, the posts that you put up on LinkedIn. I can feel it all the way from here in Vancouver, which is pretty cool, man. So it travels. I really appreciate that, Aiden. Yeah. And I, I would urge anyone, you know, if, if you haven't done any reading on quantum physics or the law of attraction, like mm. when I first heard this, I thought it was the most fluffy, ridiculous thing that, you know, only crazy people talk about. But once I really started digging into this and then reading, like it's scientifically proven, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. these frequencies and this energy, like there's science now backing this up like mm. it is 100 a real thing and and if you can use that to your advantage mm -hmm. like you know i've really seen a, a huge difference in our business and in me personally the last year since i've started to you know implement what i've been reading about mm -hmm. mate when you first seeded the idea of Ravita, obviously we covered this topic um you know during the first episode that we had but at what point did you go, you know what, I really want to actually bring production in-house and it's something they want to do. Was that something that you had in the back of your mind the whole time? Or was that something you took on later on? 
Yeah, it was something that I took on later on. So mm. when I first started the business, I wanted nothing to do with manufacturing, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah. It just seemed like this insurmountable challenge, right? Mm. Like such a pain in the ass having to you know deal with everything that comes along with, yeah. with manufacturing. So I always thought we would outsource it. Mm. And then, you know, a year and a half, two years into the business, I had this sort of epiphany, right? You get into business or a lot of people get into business because you want to do your own thing. You want to yeah. be in control, right? Yeah. And I realized I wasn't in control of my own business. My third-party manufacturing partners, they owned me, right? They could put in a price increase whenever they wanted. And my they get increased. Yeah. 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 They decided how much product I got every month. Mm-hmm. And the final straw for me is we got a big purchase order one day and, you know, Rob and I were, were fist bumping, high five and our biggest one ever, right? Finally, we've worked so hard for these sales. I call my third party manufacturer and they can't do it. Like, couldn't they, fulfill that and order that large. They couldn't or wouldn't, you know, yeah. however you want to say it. Yeah. And, and that was really the moment for us on top of, you know, a whole bunch of other reasons, yeah. but we said, yeah. We need to be control in control of our own business. We need yeah. to be in control of our own destiny. I don't yeah, want yeah. to rely on someone else, mm-hmm. right? And so that was really the start of this whole journey. Mm-hmm. And manufacturing is a, is a pain. It's it's mm-hmm. a lot of tedious tasks. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of you know manual labor. Mm-hmm. It's it's certainly not easy by any means, but it is so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And to say that we're creating our own product, mm-hmm. and you know, right back to our conversation, like. People tell us all the time the product we make out of Calgary tastes better and it feels different, mm. right? It, like it's got intention I in it. Yeah. Genuinely think there's a different mm. frequency to mm-hmm. the product that we're producing, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's so much love, attention, and detail. Not that our mm-hmm. other third-party manufacturers didn't care, but they're not going to care the same way that we care. Yeah. And so we just have, you know, in my opinion, a a very superior product. because of the love detail and attention that we're putting into the manufacturing process. That's amazing to hear, mate. You had some pretty cool stories um, that you told about your dad and the impact that having your dad involved in the process of building out the facility had. And he was by your side through thick and thin, you know, um, and he injured himself pretty badly as well. And then he turned up in the wheelchair and man, there was a hell of a roller coaster that he went on there too. So, you know, you've obviously had an amazing group of people that have supported you and that you've been able to lean on throughout this process as well. Sounds like your dad's a pretty special man. My dad is, uh, he's my hero for sure. There's, yeah. you know, both my parents are just absolutely incredible. And yeah, yeah what, what happened with my dad is we were, I want to say four or five months into the project. Yeah. It's already way over budget over time. You know, we have some vendors in here that are struggling, you know, I'm trying to, do the project management, but also still run the business too. Mm. So it's just become this like unbelievable workload. And my father, he runs his own engineering company and uh, he had broken his foot on a hike. So he was at home and, and he came to the office and was going to help me help finish off the project. Cause he's like the Michael Jordan of, of project management. And, you know, a week into this, we had a vendor that had left early and we're chasing after them. Uh, there was a pallet that my dad had asked me to clean up out in the production facility a couple of days ago. I got, you know, there's a lesson to be learned here. I didn't move it right away. I got caught up with other things. As he was on one of those scooters, like with his leg uh, up lifted up because he's got a cast on. <laughs> yeah. He rips out in the back warehouse and this pallet I left out right in his, the direction he was going, his front yeah. wheel clipped it. 
he went over the handlebars and broke both his arms. Oh my God. So here I am, you know, we're like $200,000 over budget. We're on the brink of running out of money. Yeah. Way over schedule. And my father has two broken arms that, you know, I would say is my fault. I should have moved that pallet. And that was like, I would say rock bottom for me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, watching him get hauled to the hospital and be in a cast and in both arms. And and that's where that faith comes in. Right. Yeah. I'm having this conversation with God. I'm like, you know, why am I here? Like, how do I fix this? Like, Mm. where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the greater purpose to this? And the next morning after what was easily the worst, one of the worst nights of my life, for sure. Mm. I get a text from my father and he says, Hey, I'll be there later today. Watch out. I ordered an electric wheelchair. The guy didn't even take a day off. He ordered an electric wheelchair, showed up at the office the next day, ripped around in an electric wheelchair for the next month and a half and and helped us finish the project. So when you have someone in your life that sets an example like that, it's pretty tough to fail or or have a negative. Yeah, dude. And you do that shit for your kids. Like you just, as a parent, I like, I'm fortunate enough to have two kids myself and I know the lengths that I would go to for my kids. So I totally am like, I get it. I get where your dad's like, where his head space was because you do do anything you can to help your kids and i guess you know him seeing you in the position that you're in he would have felt terrible as well i'm sure in the situation that you're in and knew that you would have felt terrible for not moving that pallet so i'm like yeah you you bend over backwards for your kids and it was just a really cool story to sort of see that you know you do have family beside you throughout this process and it's just as much you know their story as it is yours it's really it's beautiful to hear yeah thank you Aiden. and then you know my mom like yeah. when we were running for walmart we were running seven days a week we didn't have yeah. enough labor so she yeah. was here every day rubber yeah. boots hair net yeah packing boxes with us like, yeah yeah I'm, I'm so blessed and so fortunate to, yeah. to have the parents that i have i, I yeah. cannot say how grateful i am to have yeah. them recorded this would not be possible without them that's amazing man you know when things are at their worst it's really easy to sort of fall into that victim mentality and go why is shit happening to me and then you sort of find yourself in a space going well it hasn't happened to me it's happened for me you know like you eventually fall into that frame of mind what are some of the you know like we've talked about a few right now but what are some of the most memorable sort of you know turnaround points where you've gone oh that actually happened for me like that needed to happen so that i could grow through it yeah well i think you know, we had some major, major crises with uh, manufacturing, third-party mm. manufacturing, mm. like things that, you know, really made me question whether we were going to survive. Yeah. You know, if we were going to make it to the next month, mm-hmm. if if this was even the business for us, like I think mm. when, when things go so poorly or, or go wrong, you know, so frequently for so long, you start to question everything. Mm. And looking back now, all of that adversity we went through, pushed us to building our own manufacturing line, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Which was, if we didn't build our own manufacturing line, given the supply chain, the way that it is, like it wouldn't have been economical to to use a third party. Like the Mm. only way we were able to maintain enough margin right now is because we do our own manufacturing. Yeah. So all of those hard days and all of that adversity that I faced early on, not being able to fill purchase orders, having all sorts of issues with packaging and Mm-hmm. what have you haven't like we hand checked our first 500,000 pouches. I remember like, you telling me that. Yeah. And check them because mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure that they weren't wrinkled. They weren't mm-hmm. damaged coming off the line. Mm-hmm. And like that brought us to our, our, the lowest of lows that I've experienced personally mm-hmm. going through that. But looking back now that all directed us to 
building our own line. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have this own line, our own line, we wouldn't even be in business today. Mm-hmm. So you're so right. You know, these things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Mm-hmm. And all of the craziest adversity that we faced over the last mm-hmm. three years has ultimately led us to where we are today, which is mm-hmm. in a very good position to grow and help a lot of people and employ a lot of people. Yeah. All of those hard things have truthfully been a blessing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I want to sort of switch the focus onto the future because, you know, we've sort of, you know, discussed the past and the challenges and, you know, all of the things that, like you just said, have happened for you to arrive at this place where you are right now. And when you look into the future, you know, you're currently running at 20% capacity. There's so much scope and room for growth. You've got an open highway ahead of you. The world's your oyster. Where are you taking this business? Yeah, we want to grow this as big as we possibly can Mm. and help as many people as we can. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what drives us every day is our mm-hmm. product. You know, I genuinely believe help people, you know, every week we hear from somebody that's was addicted to, you know, sugar energy drinks. Mm-hmm. Now there's a healthy alternative. We've had cancer patients that say, Hey, this is the only thing that makes me feel better. So the goal is to, <laughs> yes, we want to do a lot of revenue and make some money, but we really want to help a lot of people, not just in terms of customers, but I'm yeah. really passionate about creating <clears throat> careers. So over the course of the next, you know, three to five years, the plan is to grow hundred percent year over year, which is mm-hmm. extremely aggressive mm-hmm. growth markers. But I, I think we're primed to do that. We have a plan in place yeah. to do that. And I'm really excited to employ more people, help more customers and just make a positive impact on, on our country. That's good. So you're obviously growing across Canada. Are you going to break down into the States at some time soon as well? Definitely. Yeah. So, so Canada is the focus right now. Yeah. The, the big hurdle going to the U S is, as you know, you need all new packaging, right? And so that's a massive investment. You know, Mm -hmm. you need warehouse space for effectively new SKUs. So I'm thinking 2024, 2025, we'll we'll really start taking our products south of the border, but we got a lot of work to do in Canada. We really consolidate everything here. Exactly. That's cool. The great thing about your product is that it's shelf stable. What's the shelf life on your product at the moment? It's 11 months from 11 months. Yeah. yeah, that's perfect. So you can afford to build some pretty big um, POs and send them out into the world and know that it doesn't actually have to sh- hit the shelf for a while. Um, what are you working with some distributors right across the country at the moment? Yeah. So we're carried in every province and territory right now. Yeah. We yeah. work with uh, a couple of amazing distributors in the West here. And then we yeah. have Unify, a really great company out in the East. Yeah. Helping us out. So yeah. Yeah. we have some really amazing distribution partners. That was cool. Actually, when we met in person at the CHFA out here, which was great to meet you, by the way, in person. It was that was awesome. awesome yeah. It was nice. Yeah. Um, you know, what came from that show? Did you have some great conversations and was it worth your while actually turning up to those events? Yeah, that was our very first trade show. So we had no mm. idea what to expect. It was yep. a completely new experience for us, but it was unbelievable. Like we met some really amazing new retailers, mm-hmm. added some new accounts, But I would say, you know, overall, the biggest positive from that was, you know, connecting with people like yourself, right? And our broker, the amount of time we got to spend with our sales broker, who's Mm. a huge part of our business, they're effectively an extension of us. 100%. Getting to bond with them and spend that whole weekend with them. Yeah. That was, in my opinion, the the greatest value, right? Is is really connecting with people on a human level and and having those in-person conversations that could just change everything. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely does. And, you know, getting back to a live event as well, because like we all spend so much time over zoom, but you know, to actually get in front of people and shake their hands, it was such a nice experience. Yes, it truly was. I really missed that. And I I was definitely out of practice. It took me a while to remember how to talk to people (laughs) by by the Sunday I was doing better. 
Where did you stay in Vancouver? Did you get an Airbnb or were you in a hotel? Yeah, we stayed in a hotel. I don't even remember the one, but it was within walking distance of the of the trade show. And so we enjoyed yeah. walking there every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was... Uh, Really, I love Vancouver. It's such a great city. It is a cool city, mate. Yeah, I know that your uh, third-party co-packer that you were um, working with um, not that long ago was out here. So you're familiar with this place. But have you spent much time in BC? Yeah, we spent. So I actually went to high school in Penticton. So oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Okay, cool. I, I was a BC boy for a while. And then, yeah, when we when we are third-party manufacturing in BC, yeah. Rob and I, uh, you know, if we fire up again with them, we'll absolutely yeah. be out there lots. But, yeah. you know, last year, we basically lived in, in Vancouver. Yeah. So okay. we were out there two weeks a month, a week a month. Oh, I didn't know that. The whole year, yeah. Mate, you know this place like the back of your hand then. <laughs> did you get to venture out of the city at all and like go out into the mountains or did you just sort of stick around the city? Yeah, we went to the island a few times. Oh, I would cool. say those definitely were some of the some of the yeah. highlights of our trips, like touring the stores on the island. We made yeah. it all the way to Campbell River one time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's such beautiful country. Like it's, yeah. uh, I think people take it for granted how incredible it is out there. Yeah, it is beautiful. But you know what? Calgary is a beautiful city as well. Like I think I told you in the last time, um, you know, I was on the first show that we did that I spent two summers in Calgary um, after my ski seasons that I did. And we had so much fun, man. Like they were the best summers I've ever had. Oh, man. Too. Yeah. Calgary is such yeah. a great city. I'm really proud to be from Calgary. Like it's such a great entrepreneurial yeah. community here. And yeah, it's so awesome to, you know, see businesses like ours pop yeah. up and thrive. And- diversify a little bit you know people yeah. like myself who went from oil and gas to yeah doing yeah some other cool things has been really neat to see dude i don't know anybody that comes from calgary that isn't proud to be from calgary yeah it's a it's we're very blessed to live here it is such yeah a city. yeah it's cool mate so you're growing across canada within the next couple of years you're going to break down into the states how is this all going to impact you know um obviously the financial position of the business and the way that you're sort of onboarding funding and then how are you doing some strategic marketing to wrap it all up yeah great question so we'll probably end up raising money next year i would say for sure yep. we have to do we we primarily built our production line mm-hmm. on bank financing and then we did right. you know, some kind of some small friends and family raises all around yep. i believe 2023 will be the first year that we're actually going to have to bring in you know, VC capital or do like a proper series A round round. because it's, you know, that's one of the things that I didn't understand when I got into packaged goods and starting a beverage company is how capital intensive it is, right? Mm -hmm. You're not getting paid for 30, 60, 90 days a lot of times from these retailers, but you have to buy all of your inventory up front, which Mm -hmm. creates this huge cash gap. Mm -hmm. And then you start adding staff into the equation and a lease. It's not a cheap business. Yeah very high potential, but very expensive. So we're loosely kind of, you know, looking to start a series A round. Yeah. We'll probably execute in in 2023. Dude. we we have massive runway, so I'm really excited for what we can accomplish. The next no, week. that's awesome, mate. Going through that process of like uh, you know going out there and pitching the business and speaking to all of these people is another gr- level of you know growth, and uh, that you're about to go through as well, an experience that you're about to go through, which must be really exciting. It's super exciting. Yeah, it's it's a whole yeah. new skill set again, right? Yeah. You know, speaking. That's to what I mean. Yeah, and learning what you know what they value and how you yep. can help them, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's been a great learning experience, and I met some really cool people. Dude, so much to look forward to. And what about the marketing piece as well? What's what's the plan for your uh, marketing strategy over the next twelve months? Yeah, great question. So you know, our current marketing strategy is is we don't do a lot of formal advertising. Yeah, you know, 
a big part of our marketing is, is getting out in the community, mm. giving back, right? Mm-hmm. Like we donate product to hospitals, you know, on the weekend, we, I donated a bunch to a, a local casino that just opened up. Yeah, here. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. the staff yep. were drinking it. So yep. that's sort of been our primary growth strategy currently mm-hmm. is just creating word of mouth by giving back, you know, like serving the community, you know, treating every customer as, you know, like a family member. Yep. So that's been the primary growth engine. But I think as we go forward here, we're going to start investing into, you know, more advertising in our retail stores. Yep. Yeah. For more promotions in store. And yeah. then we're going to start looking at potentially running some, you know, Facebook type campaigns, some, some more digital marketing, just to really start to spur that next level of, of growth and customer awareness. Dude, that's really exciting, mate. Listen, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'm really excited to, you know, watch you guys continue to grow over the next 12 months. And I look forward to your posts every week. I really do. Like you're so, like I said, so many times, like just the, the way you go about it, um, your approach to business is admirable. And uh, yeah, I definitely gain a lot of inspiration from you personally too. So thank you very much. That means a lot, Hayden. The feeling is mutual. I think it's so amazing what you're doing with the podcast. And I just really appreciate you bringing me on here and all the incredible guests you brought on. Like you've been, thank you. uh, really a connector in the industry and it's uh we really appreciate what you're doing thank you no worries mate hey listen if anybody wanted to get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about what you're doing what's the best way for everyone to go about it yeah so i'm most active on linkedin it's just mitch jacobson and that's jacobson with an en yep. so that's that's the best way to reach out to me we're also on instagram at revitalize that's r-v-i-i-t-a-l-i-z-e and <laughs> yeah. uh yeah, those are our two main channels. That, of course, reach out on our website, my email, phone number, everything is on there. So we'd Perfect. love to hear from you. Thanks, mate. I'm going to put everything down in the show notes so everyone can just scroll on down and click on the link and go from there. Mitch, thank you very much for your time, mate. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you for your time, Aiden. Really appreciate it, brother. No worries. Bye. Okay, so that was episode 104 in the bank with Mitch Jacobson from Ravita. Thanks so much for taking the 45 minutes out of your day. I really do appreciate it each week. Uh, If you'd like to continue the conversation, definitely head along to LinkedIn. That's one of the best ways to get in touch with me. You can also DM me on Instagram uh, and or send me an email at Hayden at the packheavypodcast.com. Awesome. Well, I'll be seeing you all next week for episode 105. Thanks again. Bye.